Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Calder's Calling, the Calder Times flagship podcast and your premier podcast destination for everything surrounding the American Hockey League. My name is Corey Swartz and I am joined today by Jay Forrester. We are still uh, one person short here. Dina is not with us today, but she should hopefully be back here in the future. We, we're going to miss her very much today and uh, hope that she's doing well today and listening in. But before we kick things off, if you aren't already subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube, uh, do so now. If you're currently watching on YouTube, feel free to like, share, and subscribe so you can get every episode inserted straight into your feed. And I'd also like to thank our show's sponsor, Document Doctors. While not on the ice, they can help you and your business optimize and increase your revenue and profits to a bigger slice. Check out documentdoctorsllc.com. And don't forget to mention that the Calder Times sent you to them. And uh, Jay, I think we have uh, some pretty big AHL news to kick off our quick hits with. We sure do. Uh, the Milwaukee Admirals were on a historic run, uh, chasing after the win record in AHL history. Unfortunately, that streak got snapped at 19 games on Sunday in a 4-2 loss to the Grand Rapids Griffins. That loss is the first time that they've lost in the year 2024, which is wild. Uh, and that win streak moves them into sole position of second in AHL history. Again, trailing the Norfolk Admirals, who won 28 games in a row, which is truly bananas. Yeah, that part's absolutely insane. And Jay, we were saying last week on the podcast that it was possible that they may never lose again. But <laughs> I know. Well, we I feel up... like I did this is the thing. We've been good at jinxing on this podcast so far since we started it up, honestly. But um, what we ended up getting instead was a pretty big clash of Titans on Sunday, where it was the first time in AHL history that two teams on point streaks of 14 games or more met up between the Milwaukee Admirals and the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, remember the Griffins? They're going to be stealing the show for this week's edition of the podcast here. They extended their point streak to 15 games at a mark of 11 2 and 2 by defeating the Admirals by a 4-2 to count on Sunday. They have suddenly moved from, you know, being one of the teams, the bottom feeders of the Central Division, to being in second place in that division, 12th overall in the American Hockey League. And it's true what they say, you know, you get one good streak and it can truly change your fortunes. 100%. Uh, and a big reason for the Grand Rapids Griffins uh, in this point streak is... Uh, Goaltender Sebastian Kosa and the accolades just keep on rolling in for the Griffins. Kosa was named the Howie's Hockey Tape AHL Player of the Week for the period ending February 25th. He made 65 saves on 67 shots over two games, and he was the winning goaltender in Sunday's matchup. Uh, the first goaltender to beat the Milwaukee Admirals since, I think, literally December 30th, 2023. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, that's pretty pretty impressive 67 shots is too many shots to face in two games i think but he was he stood tall absolutely you're kind of expected to be handshakes and you know maybe some hardware handed out after a game of that kind of caliber honestly but um moving back east a little bit the hershey bears became the first team in the ahl to hit 40 wins this season they actually made it 41 over the weekend on saturday winning games over the wilkes bear scranton penguins and the rochester americans and the Bears did so with a depleted lineup. They were missing the likes of Ethan Frank, Pierre Dubay, Mike Scarbosa, and Hendrix LaPierre. And if you're not familiar, maybe you're on the West Coast or something, you don't you know, get to see as many of the Hershey Bears games. That's 220 goal scorers and your leading point scorer. 
uh, and two of those guys. And also your hottest youngster in LaPierre who had a hat trick and, you know, helped kind of carry the offense a little bit for them. So they just keep finding ways to win this season. Yeah, and uh, potentially even more impressive than hitting 40 wins first in the NHL is they only needed 52 games to do that. Hershey Bears have lost 12 games all season. What is going on? What is going on in Hershey? Um, Just fully, again, I've said this like seven times in this podcast already, but just a banana stat. Um, Speaking of, of former Hershey Bears, if I am correct. Uh, Springfield Thunderbirds forward Jacob Verana was uh, unfortunately suspended for two games as a result of a cross-checking incident on Sunday versus uh, Bridgeport. So not, you know, not exciting congratulatory news, but news nonetheless. And uh, he'll be back soon. And that feels like a that feels like an important loss for the Thunderbirds. I know Jake, uh, Jacob Verana has been a a replacement level NHL player for most of his career, but I feel like he's been good in Springfield. So that's a, that's a big loss for that team. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of news, more centric to Hershey area, uh, longtime AHL lines person, Bob Goodman retired. He officiated his last game on Saturday between the bears and the Americans AHL's oldest matchup kind of coming through there. I think it was an intentional choice by him. He was presented with a bunch of gifts, Jay, including a five pound Hershey chocolate bar that both teams in their entirety had the space to autograph and sign the sign for him. So that's kind of the, the standard big gift that the bears give to folks, whether it's a new coach, somebody retiring, you know, someone returning to Hershey type of thing. The five pound chocolate bar is always a great go-to, but plugging a little bit of content on the website. Um, I actually did an in-depth little feature on Mr. Goodman and his, uh, his tenure started out, you know, it's kind of a bit of a legendary story, you know, started out back in the old Hershey park arena in the late night or early nineties, I should say um, 10 of his 30 years were, you know, spent calling games in the old arena um, was, referred to the league by Frank Mathers himself, the hockey hall of fame, um, you know, legendary builder in Hershey that he was. So when you're amongst that kind of company, you know, you're sort of in legendary status, even as an official. So uh, congrats to Mr. Goodman on a great career and we're wishing him the best in retirement. He's going to be busy. He said, so uh, tune into the article to get the scoop on all of that there for sure. I don't know about you, but I would I would take a five pound bar of chocolate over like an engraved silver stick any day of the week. So maybe maybe I should go work for Hershey. Uh, who could say? Uh, we'll finish off this quick quick hit section. Um, last week, you may remember we talked about how excited we were about Logan Stankovic's NHL debut. Uh, I believe about forty five minutes after we posted that episode, they did send him back down to the Texas Stars, and he did not make his debut, but they called him back up, uh, presumably because all of us bullied the team online about this. Uh, he did end up making his debut uh, this weekend, I believe, and scored his first NHL goal as well. Uh, so shout out to uh, shout out to Logan Stankoven for doing that. And uh, first of many, I'm sure. And that's why we have a week between episodes so that if we jinx ourselves, we can hopefully get it unjinxed by the time we come back on for the to record our next show. So we'll transition beautifully into our three stars of the week uh, for this week. Uh, I'll kick it off here. I was looking. I really wanted to pick somebody from Hershey, but I know I do that all the time. So I decided to go a little bit off the beaten path here and go across the 
the uh, the state here to Lehigh Valley. Bobby Brink has been uh, an absolute difference maker for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He has 11 points in his last 11 games. That breaks down to six goals and five assists, including the overtime game-winning goal on Saturday versus Charlotte, a game in which he had you know just a casual two goals and an assist in to help the Phantoms to a win. Um, and a big-time matchup for the Phantoms, too, because they are trying to pass the checkers in the standings uh, as one of several teams they're trying to kind of get a leg up on to get into one of the last spots in the Atlantic division. But unfortunately for them, you know, easy come, easy go. Um, right as I wrote that in for my third three stars, he was recalled by the Philadelphia Flyers on Tuesday. So he is going up. I believe he is, as we're recording this, slated to be in the Flyers lineup for their game um, against Tampa Bay tonight. So uh, he's a guy that, you know, I've read a lot of quotes on that. He went down to the AHL with a good attitude, worked on his game really hard, obviously was quite prolific in the point scoring department. I think he was on a four game point streak before being recalled. So shout out to him. Shout out to something good happening in the Philadelphia organization for once. Yeah, it's been flyers have, have had a time recently. Um, but I feel like I'm going to go ahead and take credit for Logan Stankoven's first NHL goal. Uh, we're going to call it the coldest calling bump. Uh, so maybe Bobby Brink will have, uh, We'll have a nice little coldest calling bump as well as he makes his return to the NHL. Um, I am also going to go away from uh, from my usual haunt. Uh, we're going to take a trip across to the Central Division for my uh, choice for my star of the week. We're going to go with Rocco Grimaldi, who is uh, kind of snuck up on the standings, I think, or on the, the leaderboard. Uh, he's currently second in the league in scoring right now with 49 points. He has had five points in his last two games, including three goals. Uh, had a three-point night against the Iowa Wild uh, on Sunday night. And uh, he's got nine points, including five goals, in his last five games. So uh, shout out to Rocco Grimaldi, who, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the Wolves later on as we uh, welcome in uh, a special guest. But congratulations to, uh, to Rocco Grimaldi for, like, dragging the Chicago Wolves single-handedly into playoff contention, I feel like. Um, and then, obviously, no Dina this week, uh, but we did ask her for a uh, a star, and she did give us one. Uh, and it's actually her turn to look at the Pacific. So uh, her choice is Cole Schwint from uh, Calgary. Uh, he had three goals last weekend against the Manitoba Moose. He's on a four-game goal streak dating back to February 13th. And uh, he was the only goal scorer for Calgary on Saturday's 4-2 loss. So uh, of all of the great names out of Calgary, it's always fun when someone unexpected like Schwint uh, does does something like this. So uh, shout out to uh, shout out to him. They have a remarkable amount of that happening in Calgary where it feels like, you know, somebody in their lineup every single time, you know, you hear about the flame, the, the Wranglers, I almost call them the Flames, the Wranglers. They are, they have some, somebody different steps up to the forefront there. And that's kind of a reason for their, you know, for them having a lot of success over the last few years. Um, but before we move on to our segments and our special guest, I have some more to share about our sponsor, Document Doctors. Is your business growing beyond the four walls of your office? As businesses grow, so do the challenges of keeping people trained, safe, and supported. Document Doctors, a proud sponsor of the Calder's Calling podcast and the Calder Times, offers affordable solutions to help optimize your business and keep the good times rolling. 
They offer content-focused solutions such as training document creation, back office process optimization, policy and procedure development, and much more. Support the podcast in the Collier's Times by visiting them at documentdoctorsllc.com. And don't forget to mention us when talking to their team of contentologists. Shop and support small businesses today. So we'll segue right along here to our segments here. And I I really only had one topic that I could really talk about this week that, you know, has haunted me as a cover, you know, someone covering my own beat, as well as, you know, I've seen it haunt a few other teams. We kind of alluded to it a couple of times here on the broadcast already with, um, you know, some teams missing key players. But it truly seems to be that time of year, Jay, where everybody's kind of missing somebody at the AHL level that you kind of look at and say, boy, if we just had this piece, now it could be an injury. It can be a recall. It can be, you know, any one of, you know, multiple situations. It's almost like, you know, kind of, you know, we were just off of Valentine's day a couple of weeks. It's almost like hitting a little snag in your relationship type of thing a little bit later on. Um, but it's such as life in the AHL. We kind of have to, you know, suck it up and deal with it as i have heard so many times you know just talking about the bears missing a few key players a couple minutes ago um the the beat rolls on you can't really sit and pout and feel sorry for yourselves and i almost wonder jay it's it's kind of an open-ended kind of thing i was thinking of to ask your opinion on you know if your team flops or succeeds during these tough times you know especially if you succeed does that kind of add credence to teams that kind of look to be Calder Cup contenders, teams that are kind of question marks if they, you know, find ways to pull off wins? What's your take on teams? You know, does that test the true metal of a team in your eyes? Yeah, I think it's got to, right? Because it's easy. This is going to sound stupid. It's easy to win with good players, you know? Um, and I think sometimes what matters more is how you play. Either it, like Even sometimes if those guys aren't producing, you know, like if your top line has an off night, you need to get depth scoring from somewhere. And I think this is really what separates a good team from a great team. You know, we talked we talked about it at the quick hits. Hershey was missing um Frank, Scarbosa, Lapierre, um, and one other guy that I can't remember right now, and I'm not looking at the script. Uh, and they still they still went two and out over the weekend, you know? Um Yes, they did it with Joe Snively, who I believe is now tied with um, Scarbosa for the points lead on the team. But, like, good teams win even if their good players aren't producing. And so I think it, it doesn't necessarily, like, equal... Like, it's not a one-to-one comparison, I don't think. But I have seen a lot of teams where, you know, they are... NHL teams devastated by injuries... They call up the kids or they call up their good players. And like it happened to Cleveland last year. Um, Blue Jackets devastated by injuries. No one was healthy. Not a single player on that team played all 82 games on the Blue Jackets. And they had to pull from uh, from, from Cleveland. You know, uh, three of their top six defensemen spent most of the year in Columbus because the, the Blue Jackets had no defensemen. Um, you know, and... <clears throat> Cleveland was was dealing with their own injuries, injury problem at the time as well. So that made it even worse. So I get it being, it's frustrating. I get that. Um, but I think this is something that we as AHL fans and media just kind of have to live with, you know? Um, and that's, I think, the, the disconnect between Chicago and the rest of the league, you know, is I think 
Chicago had a culture for a long, long time of we are a winning team. You know, they had a couple of Calder Cup finals. They had a Calder Cup in, what, 20, 2017, 2018, I want to say. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. Um, and then they kind of, I think, got frustrated by Carolina pulling their good players up. You know, they lost Pierre, uh, Pierre Kachekov for large parts of last season because the Hurricanes were like, well, all of our goalies are dead, so we need our goalie prospects. And Chicago got mad about it. And that's why they kind of not necessarily threw their toys out of the cop, but decided to go independent. Um, and I think that is, that's a really interesting dif- distinction between what the Chicago Wolves did and what Hershey did, you know, because Hershey has lost a lot of good players this season. I know that you've complained about it multiple times about how the, the Capitals just keep on taking all of your guys. Um, but it, it happens. It's life in the NHL. Is it fair? Maybe not, but it's, it just how it is, you know, and I think it's easy to root for these guys to have fun in the NHL as well. It's easy to root for these guys to succeed in the NHL, but to kind of a very roundabout way of answering your question. Um, yeah, I think, I think there is kind of a, a theory there of these wins mean more if your big guys aren't playing in them sometimes, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting going along with what you said there. It, it's, it's life. Uh, I've, I've, Taking heat from uh, from Capitals fans on Twitter, where you know when I I I think you're it's very fair to to be selfish as an AHL fan, AHL media, you know that you want to have your team put their best foot forward, right? I, I think it's perfectly legitimate as a fan to say, man, I wish that we had guy X or you know in our, my case Mike Scarbosa, like it, you know, definitely are missing him, but you know these guys don't make excuses. Like you said, you know, we can we can be selfish like this and, you know, still say, hey, like, I hope that they're all having fun and they score a million points in the NHL type of thing. Like we can both things can simultaneously be true. And um, the one thing that, you know, I, I love to see is, you know, just that, you know, as we're recording this day prior, you know, Hendricks LaPierre scored two goals. You know, the Hershey Bears players on the Capitals last night could have beaten Ottawa by themselves, basically you know, team players that won the Calder Cup last season. Uh, and it's not just the Bears. You look at teams like, you know, Wilkes-Bear. The Bears played a similarly depleted Wilkes-Bear team that, you know, they lost the guy straight up in a trade with the, you know, between Pittsburgh and Columbus earlier in the week with uh, with Alex Nylander being sent over. You know, that was uh, basically an NHL player for NHL player swap while Wilkes-Bear just straight up just lost their top score. Like, it, it stinks. And, you know, but as... I read a great quote by Bears head coach Todd Nelson about it when you're know, talking about those things. He said, it's put up or shut up, you know, that these guys, you know, they can step up. There's guys that play different roles. They're playing new roles. They're learning more things. You know, it, it goes to show you know, how well your current roster roster is constructed. And, you know, the good news is that if you make it to the playoffs and your NHL team does not, you're likely going to get reinforced in a major way too, which is, you know, great news. But, um, yeah, to kind of sum all of it up, it is life in the AHL. We are happy. We understand what it is, but we are allowed to, you know, feel the burn a little bit, so to speak, of uh, of missing some of those top guys. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, it, it is difficult, especially if I know it's it's a little bit different for you because obviously your NHL team and your AHL team are not affiliated with each other. But like, if the Hershey Bears and the Flyers were affiliated, I feel like you'd feel a little bit different about this. Because you'd be like, man, I can't wait for Mike Scarbosa to go up and like tear things up in Philly, you know? Um, but you're like, well, I guess he's going to go up with the Capitals. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, on the flip side, it's I feel like it's rare for both the AHL team and the NHL team to be good. Obviously, there's exceptions to this. Um, you know, can I think of any off the top of my head? No, not really. <laughs> but like, okay, I guess the, so. Both the Griffins and the Red Wings, for example, um, to be appropriate for um today's today's topics, both of those teams are in a playoff push right now. But Washington might make the playoffs in the NHL, probably not. So they're gonna, Hershey's going to get reinforcements. Similar thing with Cleveland, the Blue Jackets, not making the playoffs. All of their young guys should get paper transactioned to the AHL to help them with their playoff push. Similar thing in San Jose, um, Barracuda. Well, actually, no, flip. Not even the same thing in the in the in San Jose. Barracuda aren't making the playoffs. They might, but probably not. San Jose, not the Sharks, not making the playoffs. You know, um, so it's it is it's it, it's tough and it's tough to kind of again like because what can you do about it? I think put up or shut up is a really good thing because like. You complaining is not going to make the Capitals give Mike Scarbosa back. And, like, sorry to keep picking on Mike Scarbosa and the Hershey Bears here, but just because his head, his name is in my head, you know, like, it's, yeah, it sucks. But it is what it is. And you can either cry about it or you can, ne- you can do next man up. And the Hershey Bears, I think, specifically are like, right, well... All of our guys are out, so everyone else is going to have to step up. And guys are taking advantage of those spaces in the lineup, and I think they they are succeeding again. Just to just to reiterate, they went two and zero this weekend without their leading scorer and two of their best young players. So it, everything hey, listen, everything is going to be fine, Hershey fans. It's okay, I promise. And listen, like, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I, like you said, complaining doesn't get you anywhere, of course, but I'm all for the proliferation of Bears alumni into Washington, right? You have Spencer Carberry, Scott Allen, you know, the list goes on from staff members to players to, you know, it, it was crazy, you know, looking at three stars of Monday's game because it was Hendricks LaPierre, Alexei Protus, and John Carlson. And I was able to say, Oh, hey, all three of those guys have won Calder Cups and Hershey at different points, too. Like, it's great. I love being able to say that. And, you know, although, you know, I I will say you're right. My heart does belong to the Philadelphia Flyers. That's just how I was raised. I I do love the, the Capitals in their own way. You know, I've my story always I like to tell is that. I only had one TV channel to watch hockey on growing up, and it was the Washington Capitals channel. So I I had to love them in a sense because that was all the hockey I got to watch. So, you know, and like you said, with a lot of these guys going up, you are just straight up just happy for them, right? Like, it's great to watch them say. And then, you know, got to see a couple great articles today where it was Scarbosa, LaPierre, Protus, you know, all these guys just saying, yeah, Hershey doesn't get enough credit for, you know, all the work they put in, all the, you know, work they did to help us get better and, you know, winning the Calder cup was so huge. Like, it's great. I love seeing that stuff. So like you said, it's, it's, it's pain for gain in that respect, you know, to see these guys go grow up and move on and stuff like that. And if some of those guys don't come back, Hey, that's great. At the very end of the day, that's doing your job as an AHL affiliate developing talent. So, um, Bears fans, I can tell you are a little different, you know, considering that the bears are just older than most teams in the league, you know, it, it leads to a very Hershey forward, uh, mentality at times and that's great i think that's important to have as ahl first people type of thing so that's just one of the topics i wanted to kind of speak on a little bit uh just to mention that that's kind of a theme across the league not just with hershey there too yeah 100 um and we'll we'll move on in a second because i think uh, we are going a little bit long here but 
it's I think it's 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 great. It, it's a fine line to draw, you know, between being a team that wins and being a team that develops. And the AHL is, is at the end of the day a development league. Every time you talk to Scott Howes and he makes sure that people know the AHL is a development league. Be frustrated, but at the end of the day, if your team is getting a lot of players called up and they are succeeding in the NHL, your team is doing what it's supposed to, you know? Like, you can't... I, maybe Hershey is, again, a little bit different because I think there is that kind of winning culture there. Um, but if my if all of my guys just kind of stagnated in the AHL and didn't ever make that jump, like, that would be disappointing to me, you know? Everyone in the AHL should be striving to make the NHL. And I think that's what you're seeing in Hershey is guys are reaping the rewards of being good in Hershey and then being rewarded with NHL time. It, the, the system is working perfectly in Hershey, which is really fun to see. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's one of the things, you know, you don't want your prospects to just be getting ice time. You want them to be winning and succeeding and bringing that all the way up to the NHL. Before we move on to our special guest segment, uh, let me tell you a little bit about BetStamp, one of our other great sponsors for Calder's Calling. Uh, sports betting has risen rapidly in popularity, and having multiple sportsbooks accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits. There has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash AHL, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is the key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our podcast, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com slash AHL. Must be 21 years or older, only valid in the U.S., and can Canadian provinces where sports betting is legalized, please gamble responsibly. All right. And to kick off our next segment here, we have a friend of the show here, a fellow contributor at Calder's Calling. We have our very own Grand Rapids Griffins and Chicago Wolves expert, Andrew Rinaldi, joining us to talk a little bit about the Grand Rapids Griffins, their incredible point streak, and some of their recent success. So, Andrew, thank you for taking a few minutes with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I guess let's kind of start off with um, the Griffins have been, I feel like, surprising literally everyone this season. Um, and they're on a semi-historic run right now. I believe they're hunting for their 15th straight game with a with a point. Did you see this kind of run coming from, like, if at the start of the season, if someone was like, hey, the Griffins are going to end the Milwaukee Admirals historic streak and also go on a 14-game point, point streak of their own. Like, would you have laughed in their face or... Left, I don't uh, not so sure. I, I I can say though that this team's definitely surprised me. There was a lot of young talent coming in, a lot of I mean, talented for sure, but raw. And you know, you kind of weren't sure in terms of like the growing pains and everything. And you gotta remember back in December, this team was in sixth place in the central, 16 points behind the second place Texas Stars. And after, you know, kind of taking over this week and beating them twice in, in Grand Rapids, they've now opened themselves up with a five point cushion there for second place in the Central. And I mean, they're just, 
they're feeling it right now. I mean, you can just tell in the body language of these guys that they, they, you know, they love coming to the rink and it's, it, it, of course it's fun when you're winning all the time, you know, we've all been there, but yeah, if you would have told me back in December, I would have been like, yeah, uh, I mean, I see a lot of potential in this team, but they have some stuff to iron out. And I mean, credit to Dan Watson and the coaching staff, man, because they've, they had a plan and and they stuck to it and 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 they're getting everyone to buy in and you know when everyone's pulling on the same rope the, the results speak for themselves here with this squad. You kind of mentioned a couple of things there, you know, kind of the roster being a little bit on the young side, kind of uh, you know the coaching staff kind of having a plan, and you know it's all kind of rolled together here recently. You know, talked a little bit about the Milwaukee Admirals, you know it was this kind of, you know, gigantic clash, so to speak, where it was the unbeaten Milwaukee Admirals coming up against the, you know, point streak of the Chicago, the, I'm sorry, the Grand Rapids Griffins. And, you know, they, they won the day. It was, that's kind of, you know, it's almost a Calder cup type of showing type of thing. What's well, kind of been the recipe for success, you know, what defers over, you know, those opening couple of weeks versus uh, where we're at today. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough to just kind of pinpoint down to like, you know, one or two factors, but I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, you know, this week, Sebastian Cosa earned player of the week honors and I'm, you know, he, he was an absolute stud in that going toe to toe with Remy Poirier and Yaroslav Askarov and coming out on top of both of them. I mean, just stellar and in that Milwaukee game specifically the Griffins jumped out to a four nothing lead I mean they you know I think the they kind of knew the stage that they were stepping up to it and they didn't shy away from the lights in the least bit and even you know Milwaukee struck back after they went up for nothing they got the Admirals got two goals in 20 seconds and then there was a, a power play for Milwaukee and you're like oh boy don't you know don't do this to me not like this and even though Grand Rapids took five consecutive penalties which isn't great but the penalty kill stop stop stepped up and 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 did denied them the entire way through that third period. Kosa stood tall. It was, I mean, you know, when you're getting a point streak of 15 games, it's kind of everyone pulling on the rope at that same time. It's those growing pains from earlier in the season, you know, you seeing guys like Marco Casper, who kind of struggled the first couple of months in and were just now really shining in their roles. I mean, not just with the puck, but without the puck. Getting guys like Elmer Soderblom kind of getting the wheels really turning after an inconsistent couple of months from him. And it's just, it's everyone buying in together. And, you know, you, it's, it's, Maybe not, you know, always the most talented, but when you have all those pieces kind of coming together and playing up to their potential, this squad can go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Sebastian Cosa, actually, because uh, I am the goalie guy on Calder's Calling. Uh, we love we love goalies on this show. Um, he's been a guy that I've always kind of watched, and he's been judged a lot against the performance of Jesper Valstead, also in the, um, in the Celtic division, also having a really great season. What's changed for Kosa between last season and this season? Is it literally just an extra year of development, an extra year getting older? Or like, have you seen anything different? Because last season, uh, played three games for the Griffins and had a 7-8-3 save percentage. This season, 
24 games for the Griffins. Uh, half of those are wins, and he's got a 9-11 save percentage. Like, what's what's been the the difference maker for for him this season? Do you think? It's you know again, it's you know a couple couple different factors, but it it there's a big mirror between last season for Kosa and this season. Now, last season he spent most of the year with the Toledo Walleye and the Coast kind of got off to a rough start the first couple of months. And then I don't know if you guys remember or not, but the walleye went on something like a 15, 16 game winning streak or something like that. I don't know the exact number, but they went on a tear. And as the season went on, Costa got better and better and better. And they went all the way to the conference finals Toledo did. And he made that jump up here to the AHL, you know, at first kind of split in time with Michael Hutchinson. And now you're starting to see Kosa kind of taking that, that starters role away from him. And, you know, eight, one, two record since Christmas, he's uh, rebounds were kind of an issue for him, especially earlier in his career, but he's really kind of dialed that stuff in. He's poised in the net. I mean, he's for a big man, he's athletic and, Really, it's it's. I think I think he's taken a huge step in in the mental side of things because you don't see him get rattled easy, and I mean just the poise that he has in the crease. He makes these bit these breakaway saves just look routine and easy, and you know, and he's just the, the consummate teammate as well. If, despite all the success he's had, especially recently, he's going to be the first one to point to his guys on defense that have helped him out since the beginning of the year and say, you know, they're the ones that are helping him kind of put him in this position. So again, it's, it's one of those, you know, can't really dial it down to like one or two factors. It's a number of things, but yeah, you've, it's been steadily growing since, you know, the first start of the season for him. I know we kind of talked about a couple of different things there, but if you're say like a Detroit Red Wings fan right now, and you're kind of looking at to say, who are these big, you know, the big players coming up for the Red Wings next? You know, what what are one or two guys that you would say you could see going up? You know, if say that the, the Griffins have a really good finish to the season, have a playoff run type of thing, who are the Red Wings of tomorrow possibly going to be? The first is going to be Simon Edmondson, first and foremost. Um, I mean, he just kind of seems like he's a step or two ahead of everyone out there. And it's it's kind of remarkable to see someone of his size at like six foot six who can who's who can skate as well as he can. I mean, it's it, a big band like that shouldn't skate so well, but he does, and it's it's wonderful to watch. Um, the other one, I, there's been a lot of question marks about Jonathan Bergren because just kind of the, the log jam of wingers that Detroit has up there. But I still think that he can be a a, a part of the long term future in Detroit. It's it, the question has never been about what Bergeron can do with the puck. It's always been, you know, how committed is he without the puck? And over the last couple of months, especially during this point streak, I think you've really started to see him turn it on defensively and, and just seeing him kind of, you know, outwork the other guy when and, and, and be a hound for that puck. And on top of that, he's really got a, a swagger in his skates and he's he's getting he's confident with his shot and he's not afraid to you know rip one at the net if he needs to it's was very reminiscent of his rookie season in Grand Rapids where he was very kind of loose and just kind of playing his game and I think you know he he had that cup of coffee in Detroit it was actually it was 
almost the entire season last year. And then coming back down the Grand Rapids, I'm sure, you know, there's some disappointment, some frustration, but this guy is an asset for this Detroit organization, whether it's here in Grand Rapids or, you know, in up with the big club, but those, those are going to be the, the one a and one B for sure. But I also, I really love Carter Mazur's game as well. And for fans in Detroit that really miss Tyler Bertuzzi, Mazur is Bertuzzi 2.0. I mean, he's just a junkyard dog in front of that net. He mixes it up and, Man, he stapled a Texas defender on the boards over this past weekend after mixing it up. And it was, it, it, it's, he's going to be another one of those that it's just so tough to play against. And that's exactly what the Red Wings need. Let's uh, kind of look ahead. It's obviously kind of impossible to predict who's going to win the Calder Cup. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that probably have money on the board for, you know, a certain team out in, uh, in Pennsylvania to do it but what's the ceiling for this griffins team you know are they are they obviously you know they're probably probably a playoff team at this point are they a legitimate calder cup contender at this point do you think are they a team that could end up facing uh you know a team like milwaukee or a team like hershey in the like the not the conference finals but you know late in the playoff run are they a make the playoffs team? Are they a make the finals team? Like, where do you see this team ending the season? I definitely think that they are capable of a deep run. I, I mean, when you look at this past week, you know, you had Texas with the number one and two scorers in the entire league. Logan Stankoff and Maverick Bork. Um, the Griffins uh, held them to one goal in two games. You have Milwaukee that's on the second hottest heater in, that the league's ever seen, and the Griffins stop them dead cold in their tracks. There's going to be ups and downs with any season, you know, but I, I think this week was a really big announcement for the Griffins that they're here to eat at the big boys' table in this league, and they can compete with anyone on any given night. So, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and call it that, yeah, this team's going to win the cup because – you got Hershey. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Coachella's up there again. You know, Milwaukee, even though they, you know, they took a loss, they're definitely nothing to gawk at there and, and all the talent they got. I mean, there's just so many good teams that, you know, in, in a series, anything can happen in this wacky sport. But I, I mean, I put the Griffins up there with a chance to win it as good as anyone. I'll throw one more question your way here, Andrew, since uh, we know that, you know, not only are you Grand Rapids Griffins expert, but you're also a resident Chicago Wolves expert. As a quick check-in, how are things going on over with your other team? Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 uh, I'll get into it. It's it, it. Um, the vibes haven't been been great. They're they're in a playoff spot in the Central. Um, you know, kind regards to Manitoba and Iowa for just being that much not great but it's 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 been a tough run over there in in rosemont for their i'm, I'm gonna call it their uh you know their independence movement their their 1776 they're in they're in their valley forge era right now which is um any student of history will tell you that is not 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 good um 
it's it, it's I mean, there's been bright spots. I'm not gonna lie. You've had Rocco Grimaldi has been everything advertised and more. Chris Terry has been a dependable veteran presence, and they're you know they're they're never really kind of out of it. I mean, their last game against Iowa, they were down three nothing, managed to battle back and have a huge four three win in overtime. Again, thank you, Rocco. Um, but it's. It, they they lean so much on the big guys. You know, you got Rocco and Terry and Vasily Panamarev. But there's just not – I think it's just a consequence of the independence movement. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of substance there. And, you know, they, they had to end up filling in the gaps with what they could get. And, I mean, you know, there's Dominic Franco, Ryan Wagner. They're not bad players, but – it's just it's it's hard to subsidize NHL talent that has is brought every other team in this league has to has to pull from and it's you're 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 seeing the results there. Adam Shield has been a wonderful surprise in that, um, especially with un, the unfortunate struggles of of Keith Kincaid and it, it, they're trying to find their way uh it's they're gonna they might make the playoffs i not quite sure what they're what how far you can go with one line but you know it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a wonderful experiment and i'm gonna keep keep an eye out because uh i i mean you know the league i know was very happy with its one NHL team, one AHL team affiliate format, and Chicago was just like yeeting through that wrench right in there. So um going to be interesting to see how this all shakes down. But I, I, right now, I mean, you got vibes on two different ends of the spectrum on the beats here. Well, hey, we're just happy that you're having some fun here this season after after all it's what's been for you know the last couple of couple of months here for you andrew so we we appreciate you have have uh joining us here just wanted to give you a quick shout out you know in case our listeners here want to hear more of you i understand that there's a a new podcast coming out uh, on calder's calling that you're going to be a part of absolutely so you know resident personalities deanna mcferrin and samantha wismer will be joining myself we're going to have what's called the the ahl pre-show or taps if you will and we're just basically going to go over every, you know, it's going to be a look ahead type deal where we check out all the games of the weekend, what's going on. And, you know, it's going to be very loose. You know, how our personalities all work. So it's, I'm super excited for it. I know the girls are too. And that should be coming. Uh, we should be getting that launched out in March and getting full steam ahead by playoff times, which would be awesome. It'll be fantastic. We're looking forward to hearing more, and we'll certainly have plenty of crossovers, I'm sure, between here and uh, here and there on both shows. So everyone keep an eye out for that when it launches in March. But Andrew, thank you for your time, and uh, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Again, you know, thanks for having me on. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of Calder's Calling. If you'd like to check out our written coverage of the AHL, please check us out online at thecaldertimes.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Calder Times. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. Also, share it with your family, friends, neighbors, 
mailman, anybody you think that likes hockey and would like to listen in on the AHL. Finally, we'd like to extend a final thank you to our sponsor, Document Doctors. Until next week, I hope your team wins, and we'll see you all next time.